Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks Thanks be to to God, who gives us victory, the victory, the victory, through our Lord Jesus Christ. And welcome back to the Living Victory Podcast. My name is Christian Conway, as always, joined by my two main men, Max Keane and Jonathan Krause. Now, we were we were on a pretty good streak there and until last week when Jonathan had to miss the podcast. So let's see if we can keep it up. Let's see if we can beat that. I don't know how many episodes it was in a row where we had all three of us, but let's see if we can beat it this time around. It was a while before I missed the podcast coming up the last weekend. Yeah, but- you told us when you finished school, everything would be smooth sailing, and we did not believe you. But then <laughs> you got much. I don't believe me either. Holy moly! I didn't, I didn't. I don't understand how life could get busier after school because, like, school is the most. You don't have a schedule. You figure things out on the fly. Everything's going on all the time. People want to do stuff every day at random times. Like, it's just a mess. Then you get out and like you're in the workforce and everything, and it's just like, oh, I should have my. 7 to 3.30 work day, and then that's it. I'm off for the rest of the day. No worries, right? No big deal. But, yeah. dude, stuff just comes up all the time. You just have no idea. Yeah, it's one of those things where it's the grass is always greener on the other side. So you're a student, and you're like, man, I, I can't wait until I get to come home from work and not have any homework to do and not have, like, certain seasons where I have midterms and finals and just everything is, you know, enveloped and, and swallowed up by studying. And then you get a real job and you look back and you're like, man, it was pretty nice when I went to school because I got summer break and I got winter break and I got I got fall break, like Thanksgiving break. I got all these breaks and I could do school at my own pace. I could do stuff during the workday. I didn't have to be at work all the time. So yeah, just don't fall into that trap where you're continually looking forward to the next season. Like I can't wait until, I can't wait until, yep. because I know, I've known people who have wished away their entire life doing that. Like, I can't wait till I'm married. I can't wait till I have kids. I can't wait till my kids move out. I can't wait till I get to retire. <laughs> That's <laughs> terrible. I can't wait till my kids move out. <laughs> You're like, man, I've lived my entire life wishing that I wasn't in the season that I was in. So, <laughs> words of wisdom from us sage old people. Yeah. Oh, that's funny that you mentioned that. <laughs> All right, before we get into that, though, how was you guys' weeks? Um... I'd say it's been a bit of a roller coaster, some up and ups and downs. Um, yesterday, I was asked to be in a friend's wedding, so that's pretty exciting. Um, he's a best man. Yeah, no, oh man, <laughs> but groomsman. Yeah, groomsman. Let's go. So super excited for him, um, and yeah, I'm just I'm thrilled for him and his relationship and. He's a guy that I definitely look up to a lot, so super, super thrilled about that. Um, but it's been long and exhausting and emotionally draining and a bit physically draining too. So as weeks go and <laughs> do their thing, there's always something. There is always something. I think we can all share that in common that we've had crazy weeks. I, uh, I'm in this interesting season of life where I go, I'm able to go see my parents every weekend. They live about 45 minutes to an hour away. So I get to go on Saturdays and hang out with them. Uh, And we've started every Saturday morning, we go and take a walk because my mom likes exploring nature. And so we find these different walks around their house. And that's when we get to talk about things like whatever's weighing on our minds and me being the child and them being the parents, I often try to glean wisdom off of them and, and bring up different situations from my week to them. And so I gauge how eventful my week was based on how many things are on my agenda to talk to them about. 
and I was texting my mom this morning, I have like three or four very distinct conversations that I need to have with them on our 45 minute walk. So that tells you how this week has been. <laughs> my average is like zero to two, but this week I have three or four conversations that I need to have. So some good, some bad, but just, you know, crazy things are happening for sure. Oh yeah. Uh, I had a, I had a little bit of a lighter week this week, which is good. So I guess that's in contrast to Max and Max and Christian. Um, some of the nights where I'm either coaching volleyball or playing volleyball um, is kind of a little weird because one of the facilities that I do a lot of that at is like getting set up for voting right now. So they're kind of closed for all that stuff. But um, just, yeah, just kind of a, a mundane week, but also a good week in the sense that uh, I, I went to a, on a men's retreat with my uh church on last last weekend um really awesome time got to hang out with some very uh just very spiritually mature men um and some men that i've this is kind of an interesting thing too and i, I don't wasn't planning on bringing this up or anything but there are a few men that i have grown up with in the sense that i've known them since i was young and i don't know what it is but in the last like two years and their kids have gotten older now and, and i know their kids but they have like grown so much spiritually. I don't know what that's due to, but like just talking to them now versus talking to them like a couple years ago is like you can just feel the spirit of God in them. And they just speak so much from spiritual authority and with spiritual wisdom. And it is like such a joy to not only be in the presence of that, but also just come alongside them in that and try to learn from them. Like that is just so so monumentally encouraging. So, so really good weekend with that and some awesome sharing with them and um, going into the week that kind of refocused me and uh, sort of uh, reinvigorated and remotivated me on this, this path of spiritual discipline that we're on in life. Um, so that was all, that was really, really good. So I've, I've enjoyed this week a lot. But uh, definitely a lighter week too, so getting some rest in. So that's that's been awesome. I can't speak into how good some rest is. Yeah, rest is good, um, and it's one of those things that we should seek out rest and con continually asking God for the things that we desire to have in our lives. And speaking of things that we should continually ask God for, mm. uh, wisdom. <laughs> so there's been this passage on our minds and our hearts this week that we just wanted to come to you guys and talk about because it's one of, I don't know, for me, it's one of the most unique passages in the Bible because this is a promise that we get from God that he He tells us, if you ask me for this, I will give it to you and I will give it to you generously. And this verse is James chapter one, verse five. Now in this verse, God says, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach and it will be given to him. Let him ask in faith with no doubting, for the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. So in this verse, it's so unique because God is telling us, if you need wisdom, ask me and I will give it generously to you. In this version, it says without reproach. I know, I think the NIV says without finding fault. So in this, like in this interaction, God's not going to judge. God's not going to, he's not going to judge your heart character to depend if, if he wants to give you wisdom or not. Like he's going to give you wisdom if you ask for it. And I think there's principles in there of if you're asking for wisdom, then God kind of already knows where your heart <laughs> is at. But let's let's just talk about this verse. How can this verse be applied in our lives? Like 
talking about the power of prayer, talking about um, God and his faithfulness to his promises, talking about what is biblical wisdom. Like for the two of you, how, how do you apply this verse to your life? And how, if somebody came up to you and asked you, Hey, how should this change my life as a Christian? What would you say to them? This, this verse, and I, I try to refrain from saying stuff like this too often because it I think it can lead down a um, a path that a lot of people can struggle with. Um, but it, it is a verse that I have prayed so many times. And the reason I say I don't want to say that too often is because sometimes people make statements like that just so people know that they're praying a lot or praying for a certain thing a lot. And that's not what I want to do here when I'm, when I'm saying this or bring this up. But the reason I'm saying this, the reason I'm saying that I prayed so much for this is it's because something I have needed so much. So I'm speaking into the weakness that I have uh, in this area. I, I think wisdom is a very underrated thing. Um, I think it's something that we talk about on a whim. It's like, oh, you know, like just ask the Lord for wisdom and like, you know, that sounds great and everything, but what does that really mean? And what are you really asking for? And, and this is something about that prayer too, that, that the Lord has been teaching me over this past summer is sometimes when you pray for something, God's not going to smite you with it. He's not going to, you know, I, I pray for wisdom, but God's not going to be like, okay, here's a bunch of wisdom. And he says it in this verse, but he might give it to you in different ways. Cause it could be an experience that he brings you through where you experience foolishness and it teaches you wisdom. And that is not fun to go through. And that's what makes prayers like this sometimes pretty dangerous because the Lord knows what's best for you. And sometimes what's best for you sucks in the moment. Sometimes it does. But when it comes to this this idea of wisdom, man, there are so many situations and circumstances and decisions that I have come to and needed to make in, in life, in relationships, in um, churches, whatever it is. And I just feel like, man, Lord, I have no idea what to do. And I don't know what the right decision is. I can understand it from multiple perspectives and understand why this person thinks they're right or why this person thinks they're right. And man, I need your wisdom right now, Lord, because the wisdom from God is going to be the ultimate truth. And this is this is something that obviously we've we've seen in our culture so much. It's like live your truth, right? Everybody's got their own individual truth. Well, here's the problem. What happens when your truth starts contradicting someone else's truth? then who's true? Can't both be true if they contradict. That's a paradox. So asking the Lord for his wisdom is going to bring true wisdom. And that true wisdom is what's going to speak life into situations. And that that to me with this verse has been been the, the crux of why I pray it and, and why I try to rely on it so much because I need so much wisdom for the Lord. Yeah. Um as as we've been talking about it and as we've been thinking about it over the last you know five minutes um as as i've been thinking about it and looking at it it's like there's a certain humility you have to come to um with reading a verse like this and trusting a verse like this um because your understanding is that you can't gain wisdom on your own. You can't gain true wisdom in trials and situations always on your own. And why we need to trust God and why we're asking him 
is because we're bringing it before him knowing that he is the one who grants us wisdom. God's the one who who helps us in these trials. God's the one who gives us answers. And so when we lay it before him, when we trust him in that, there's a sense of humility because we know that we aren't able to do it on our own. And so when we ask in faith, leaving it before him, and trusting in him to grant us wisdom in that situation, that's not saying, you know, oh God, like, shine my inner light so that I can know what what to do in this situation. It's, it's God, I need you. And you're the only one who can grant wisdom into this situation. So humble me so that I can be humble before you and see the best way to handle this. And I think that's how our lives can be changed. Uh, that's one of the ways our lives can be changed through this passage. Yeah, I, uh, I've been doing some research on wisdom, and I want to take you guys on a little Bible field trip with me. So buckle up, get ready, because we're going to go to the book of Proverbs. Um, if, if you clicked on this episode because you want to know how to get wisdom, and wisdom is something you've been chasing, or you really want to figure out how you can acquire more biblical wisdom, I would encourage you very strongly to go read the book of Proverbs. Because the book of Proverbs, the, 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 the book of Proverbs, the book of Proverbs, the book of Proverbs, it talks about wisdom again and again and again. It even personifies wisdom and, and refers to wisdom as a she and talks about how you can pursue her. It talks about how you can acquire her and how you should you should desire to have her. So wisdom in this context, in Proverbs, is one of the most valuable parts of your relationship with God. In fact, the basis of wisdom is the fear of God. That's what it tells us in the book of Proverbs. But what I've been doing kind of mentally as I've researched this is comparing James, what it tells us in James 1.5, to what it tells us in Proverbs. Because both books talk very specifically about how we can acquire wisdom. And I want us to listen for the similarities. So remember, as we go into this, remember in the back of your mind what James tells us to do. If you lack wisdom, ask God and he will give it to you. Now let's see what Proverbs tells us to do when we desire wisdom. Well, in Proverbs 4.8, it tells us that we should prize. And remember, if it says she or her, it's referring to wisdom. Prize her highly and she will exalt you. She will honor you if you embrace her. So here it's telling us that If we want to acquire wisdom, we need to prize wisdom. It needs to be something that's valuable in our minds. Okay, next, Proverbs chapter 2, verses 2, 4, and 5. It says, if you make your ear attentive to wisdom, if you seek it like silver and search for it as for hidden treasures, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and you will find the knowledge of God. So first, the book of Proverbs, it told us to prize wisdom that we could, we could acquire her by prizing her. Now it's telling us to pursue wisdom, to seek it out like we would seek out silver and gold and hidden treasures. And in the book of Psalms, verse 19, it tells us where we can find wisdom. It says, The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. So God's word makes people wise. We should seek out wisdom. We should try to find wisdom. And I think that this is really 
it really ties in well with the James passage because think about the person who goes to God and asks for wisdom. So like, think about us, us three. If one of us were to go to God and ask for wisdom, let's take Jonathan, for example, since he told us how much he, he badly, desperately needs wisdom. Jonathan goes to God and needs wisdom. Go on, make jokes, make jokes. <laughs> Jonathan goes to God and make and asks for wisdom. Well, there's a few things we know about Jonathan in the fact that he's simply making this request. The first thing we know is that he desires to have wisdom because you don't ask for something, most cases, you don't ask for something you don't desire to have. Secondly, we know that Jonathan highly values wisdom. That, that, is, that is one of his top priorities if that's the top of his prayer list with God. Thirdly, we know that God is, or excuse me, we know that Jonathan is reading scripture because he read James 1.5, which told him to go ask God for wisdom. And that's why he's here on his knees asking God for wisdom. So this James, James 1 verse that tells us to go ask God for wisdom, it's almost implying that if we're on our knees asking God for wisdom, obeying what it's telling us in this verse, that we're doing all the things that Proverbs is telling us to do. Even the root, the beginning of all wisdom is to fear God. Well, if you're on your knees asking God to give you that wisdom because that's what he told you in his word, like how much more clearly can you show God that you fear him? So I was just, I don't know, as I was researching it, I was making all these connections and I was like, that's that's crazy. This this single command we get in James, it almost summarizes all of what Proverbs tells us as far as what we should do in order to get wisdom. So anyway, thank you for coming on my Bible field trip with me. I, I will now turn over this. Little. Yeah, um, one of the questions I have, um, and I don't know if you guys think similar to me, but the word wisdom almost seems like some mystical concept of like some special mm. juice of like, oh, wisdom is out there. Like you have to go find it kind of a thing. Um, are there, I guess, synony- synonyms um, for wisdom that like we can use? So like, does logic relate to wisdom? Does knowledge relate to wisdom? Or is it some, I guess, quote unquote, mystical concept? Is it something that that we can't quite understand? Oh, well, this is a real easy one to answer. In my in my uh, research, I came across John Piper and a sermon that he gave on wisdom. And John Piper, as you guys know, is known for making everything very simple. He never talks about anything that's very complicated at all. So his definition of wisdom is really going to help us here. Uh, John Piper says, The greatest human wisdom is the factual knowledge and the situational insight and the necessary resolve that together have the greatest likelihood of success in achieving the intended righteous goal. So anybody who is confused about what wisdom was or what it meant before that, I hope that your, your fears and your questions are all answered now. Mm, yeah. No, mine are. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's so simple. Why don't you just read it again? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Uh, the greatest human wisdom is the factual knowledge and the situational insight and the necessary resolve that together have the greatest likelihood of success in achieving the intended righteous goal. So, mm. You know, like that's basically the ABCs of wisdom. I don't know if I can get any more simple than that. Great. <laughs> oh, no. In all seriousness, I love I love John Piper. He's just not always the simplest guy in the world. He usually he aims for uh, thorough definitions before he aims for simple definitions. Yes. So yes. like I'm sure he spent hours and poured over the scriptures to figure out what he wanted to define wisdom as. But it's just it's funny how many different qualifiers and things he put in his definition of wisdom. Okay, this is also one of my pet peeves. I looked up the definition, just the Google definition to see like what the average person might believe wisdom means. And it's the quality of having experience, knowledge, and good judgment 
or the quality of being wise. Oh, why didn't you say oh, that? Oh, no. Gee, thanks, Google. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. No, but Max, this is really interesting that you that you bring that up because I do think I know I've not I've thought about it this way that that wisdom is like it is almost like a mysterious thing in and of itself because it's kind of it's not hard but also hard to define in clear and simple words because I think it's a culmination of a lot of different mm-hmm. things. And I do like I like the fact that it's it's a culmination of knowledge and experience and and the I hate that I'm gonna do this. The wisdom to know when to apply that knowledge and experience. But I I do think it's a multifaceted and multi-leveled idea and concept. It's not just like like knowledge is just how much you know. Like it's a simple thing like that. So it's I do think it's kind of hard to wrap your head around. Yeah. I the simplest and this is this one's not gonna be tongue in cheek, but the simplest definition I've heard of wisdom, which is far from comprehensive, far from thorough. But I think that it gives us a good ability to wrap our minds around it is wisdom is knowledge applied. And the reason that I think that that's really helpful is because knowledge, like Jonathan said, is things that you can have in your brain, like true pieces of information that you can have in your brain that you can use, hopefully, in your daily life. But just because somebody has knowledge doesn't mean that their life is going to show that knowledge. Somebody can be really, really smart and then you watch how they interact and how they walk around and you kind of question whether (laughs) they are actually as smart as you thought they were Uh, because you can have knowledge in a a bazillion different areas. You can be very knowledgeable about how a car works, but when it comes to making a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, you might just (laughs) have no idea how to do it. That's a problem. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Now, wisdom, I think, is not quite the same. Because wisdom, it carries with it this idea that you're applying the information, the knowledge that has been entrusted to you. So wisdom carries with it that your your walk is putting that wisdom on display. And so I would, I don't know, I've never seen this person in my life. They might exist out there. You guys might have stories of it. But I, I have never met a person who I would describe as wise who doesn't bear that out in their actions, for lack of a better term. I have met people I would describe as smart who don't act very smart all the time, but I have not met anybody I would describe as wise. And then I watch how they live and I'm like, man, they are not making good decisions because I think wisdom is, is almost knowledge plus like it it carries with it the idea of knowledge, but it's more than knowledge. And it's, I think I would say it's more valuable than knowledge. I think we should chase wisdom rather than chasing knowledge. And that's something that I, I struggled with when I was, when I was growing up, we, I don't know if you guys remember this, you probably do. Uh, I think we were in Albania. And we were doing one of our devotions and we got to Philippians, what Philippians 1, 21, when it says for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. And Paul, he had us write down for me to live is blank. Mm -hmm. And then we had to go think about what we wanted to put in that blank. I remember this. Well, what I ended up putting in that blank was for me to live is knowledge because I, I ended up realizing that everything that I did in my life was in the pursuit of gaining more knowledge. So going to school because I wanted to gain more knowledge, listening to podcasts because I wanted to gain more knowledge, having smart friends because I wanted to gain more knowledge, even reading scripture because I wanted to gain more knowledge about who God was. And so what I realized was that my life was being lived in pursuit of knowledge. And since then, Lord willing, I think that I've been growing in trying to, trying to, I don't know, almost like it's money, trying to exchange that knowledge for wisdom. Mm. trying to not value knowledge as much as I value wisdom, because at the end of the day, I'd rather bear out my wisdom in my actions than just be somebody who's really, really smart upstairs, but 
<laughs> when you're watching me live, you're like, eh, I'm yeah. not sure. Yeah. I think there's an aspect too with wisdom and knowledge. And then I'm going to throw in this word of understanding too. Oh, that's good. Because this is, this is a big part of knowledge that I think is often left out because you can know things and I'm going to be, I'm going to be straightforward. This is a little tongue in cheek. I'll just, <laughs> I'll, I'll, uh, I'll pre whatever that, but you can know things intellectually, but not really know them. Hmm. And let me explain this. And this is why I use the word understanding. Um, somebody, somebody has a tragedy happen in their family. You know, intellectually, that's terrible. That's really unfortunate. That's a hard thing to go through, but you've never experienced it before. Yeah. So you can tell them, man, I'm so sorry for you. I know that's hard, but you don't truly understand it yet. And that's not a bad thing. Just something that you haven't gone through. You haven't experienced it. So, so you have the knowledge, but the true understanding is not there. And I think this comes with things of, of spiritual as well, because there have definitely been situations in my life that I could have given you the spiritual, biblical, correct answer. Could have told you this is right. Biblically, I have the verses to back it up. I have the passages to back it up, scripture, whatever it might be. But then God brings me through a situation and teaches me that, yeah, I could have told you the right answer, but there was no way I would have followed through on the right actions because I didn't understand it yet. And that is, that is huge with wisdom because part of wisdom is that experience and that understanding that comes with knowledge. So we can build our knowledge all day. We know, we know scripture says that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. So we can, we can learn all these things about God and all these things. But if you don't live life at all, if God doesn't bring you these situations to, to almost confirm that knowledge that you're learning, then that knowledge is not going to bring you understanding. It's just knowledge. And without the understanding, I don't think the knowledge and experience can be used for wisdom. There's a lot. Dude, this word is crazy. There's so many levels to it. It's Something awesome. Like mystical and hard to understand. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody <laughs> said that once and I just really agree. <laughs> but yeah, no, definitely. It's, it is, it's a hard thing to understand. I'm going to throw out that word. Um, and this is why I think respecting our elders is so, it's a needed thing because our elders have that understanding and experience. And yeah, there are going to be people that are older than you that you see their actions. You're like, like, I don't respect that. I don't think that's the right way to live your life. Yeah. But there are plenty of ways that they understand life that we don't. And I think that that deserves a lot of respect. Yeah. And going back to what Christian was saying earlier, like how he goes on walks with his parents every week and, you know, brings up different things that he wants to talk to them about. Well, why? Because he, knows that they've gone through life, that they've understood things. I, I'm speaking for a Christian. I'm sure these are the reasons why. And I know his parents, so like <laughs> I can probably speak on behalf of that too. But like they've experienced life. They've gone through different things in their life, you know, highs and lows, you know, like everyone else. But they've seen God's faithfulness through that. And, you know, I could say that about my parents too and Jonathan's parents, how each of them have been faithful in following Christ and how much of an impact that's played on each of our lives and how we can go to them trusting that, you know, God will give us wisdom through, through hearing through them. Um, and like Jonathan said, with other people who he had grown up with in the church who have just matured and have poured into Jonathan. I mean, there are so many people that we can turn to and 
you know, another reason why we need to be involved in a church is to be connected with people who have lived life, who have gone before us, who have raced the race before us, who can disciple us, who can teach us, who can impart wisdom on us, because they know the things of life. They know the ways to go um, and different encouragements. And, you know, when we're doing something wrong, they can smack us upside the head, be like, what are you thinking? What are you doing? Um, and the encouragement that they bring and just what a blessing it is for for others to pour into our lives because we don't have all the answers. When we come to God and ask for wisdom, it's because we know that we don't have all the answers. We know that, like, I'm coming to you because I don't know what to do. So, Lord, help me. And we can come to other people, too. And that's that could be one of the means that God uh, grants us wisdom is through other people. And so I urge, like, please get involved with the church. Please start being discipled by people because that is such a benefit to our lives. And it's what we're called to do as well. Yeah, man, there's so much good stuff you guys just said. And I have like a million thoughts racing through my head right now. (laughs) So please forgive me if this is very scatterbrained. Um, I want to start by talking about what Jonathan said about understanding. That is super key. It's very important because I know I can think back in my own life and I'm sure you guys can think back in your own lives as well. There have been things that I've learned in my head. I've I've acquired the knowledge about. And then those same things a month later, a year later, a couple years later, I've lived them out and understood them in a completely different light. Like I understood them so much better. And one example, I think that the three of us lived through together was Mission Possible. First summer, Mission Possible. Second summer, Mission Possible. Third summer, every summer, there were questions and and objections to the faith and things that were brought up to us that we we had intellectual answers to. And then we tried to give those intellectual answers and they just fell flat on their face. And so we went back and we studied the scriptures. We I remember Jonathan and I used to sit on the corner together and we'd talk to people until we got stumped. And then that night we'd go, whatever stumped us, we'd go study the Bible for an hour until we figured out <laughs> like what Amen. the biblical response is to that. And the specific example that comes to my mind is when we were in Vancouver. I think we've told this story on the podcast before, but we encountered the what I consider to be, I think what you guys consider to be as well, a, a man who was possessed by a demon or maybe a legion. I don't know if we've talked about this on the podcast. That was weird. Anyway, if we haven't, hit us up, email us, and we'll make sure to do a podcast about it. But that's the only, one of the few times in my life I've encountered somebody that I was convinced was was possessed by a demon or multiple demons. Um, and so what we did was we went home, I think that was a Wednesday, we went home that Wednesday night or went back to our hotel and we just studied and we prayed and we we said, what did Jesus do when he encountered demon-possessed men? What did the disciples do when they encountered demon-possessed men? There's one story where the disciples went out and tried to cast out a demon and they couldn't and they came back to Jesus and they were like, Jesus, why weren't we able to do it? And he's like, you didn't have enough faith. So like we, we poured over those scriptures. We prayed over those scriptures and we prayed for this man. So going through an experience like that, it teaches you about you know, in this example, demon possession, far more than you would ever learn by just reading the scriptures. Mm. So experiencing those, and God gives us these experiences as a blessing to help us understand. So that's the first thing I wanted to say is that, guys, there's just some things, and I know this is like, this is something that old people say all the time. And when you're young, you don't believe them. And then as you get older, you start to believe them. And then when we're old, we're going to say it too. But it's oh, one good. of those- Ruin your street cred, Christian. Ruin your street cred. <laughs> it's just like, you don't under, you're not going to understand until you go through it. That's what they say about parenting, about marriage, about like, 
everything. Because when you're young, you're like, oh, I'm that's going to be easy. Like, you know, marriage, I'm going to love my wife and she's going to love me and we're never going to fight. Like, this is going to be great. But <laughs> the, wait, that's not what's going to happen. <laughs> Hopefully my prayer is that's what I'm for you, Jonathan. I hope that that's how your marriage goes. Yeah. Pray for wisdom for me, brother. Yeah. <laughs> but like in all of those things, I don't know. Let me just, let me say it this way. Those young people out there who are listening to this, most of you like listen to the older people in your life because they know what they're talking about more than you do. And I know that it doesn't seem like it right now. I know that it doesn't feel like it right now. And I know that me being the 20 year old man that I am doesn't have any street cred in your mind to talk on behalf of the old people, but listen to what they have to say because they have gone through it. They've known they've, they've, they've lived all these things. And so when you ask them a question, even if you think in your head that you know the right answer, if they tell you something different, like don't just dismiss them and say, oh, well, that, that can't be right go into it and say, Hey, I'd really like you to open that up with me. And hopefully the person you're talking to is a believer. And so they can open the scriptures and show that to you. And if you don't have somebody like that in your life, an older believer who's pouring into you or discipling you, let's just make it an episode on discipleship. Shoot. If you don't have, a <laughs> we always do this. <laughs> it always comes back to discipleship. In your life. So if you don't have that person, my, my homework assignment for you this week is go to your pastor and your elders and ask them to disciple you. And if they can't disciple you, which which they should be able to, but if they can't, then ask them to point you in the direction of somebody who can disciple you. Because you need an older believer in your life. Like the, I'm blessed. One of the pastors at my church, I get to work with him every day. And once a week we meet. And the purpose of the meeting is discipleship, where I sit down and I have this list of questions that I answer every week. It's what sins are you struggling with? How's your prayer life? How's your scripture life? What are you learning this week? How is God speaking to you? Do you have any questions for me? I answer all these questions. And then the very end of the meeting, I have this list of questions that I've come up with him throughout the week. And so I have these questions. Some of them are practical. Some of them are, hey, this is the situation I'm going through. How would you handle it? Some of them are, hey, I read this Bible verse and I really don't understand what it's saying. How can you help me with that? Some of them are, hey, man, I, uh, I'm struggling with this sin and I know you've struggled with it before. And I was just wondering if you had any advice on how I can overcome it. But older believers in your life who can pour into you. And hopefully your parents also fill a, a bit of that role. But I know a lot of people our age who are believers are new to the faith. They don't have parents who are in, in Christ, which is unfortunate, but there's a reason that God's word describes his family or describes the church as a family with brothers and sisters, because we ought to be a family to one another. And so if you don't have brothers and sisters and parents and children who are in the faith, you know, blood relatives, then there is a loving church who wants to have that relationship with you, who wants to pour into you, who wants to be, there's older saints in that church who want to be those mother and father figures to you. There's saints your age who want to be those brother and sister figures for you. So guys, most of the people listening to this podcast are young. And if we can get a head start on gaining this wisdom and starting to listen to the people ahead of us, guys, we are going to be leaps and bounds ahead of most of the people in this world who are our age. Not because we want that's to the point. Not huh? that that's the point. <laughs> no, no, no. Not because we want to gain for ourselves, but like our goal should be to look more and more like Christ every single day. And one of the best ways we can do that is to be discipled and to have those relationships with older believers. And the more we can grow in our faith, which not only should you be having a disciple, a person who's discipling you, but you should also be making disciples yourself. The more you can grow yourself, the higher the ceiling becomes for the people you're discipling. Because the more wisdom and knowledge you have, the more wisdom and knowledge you can pour into them. 
So anyway, uh, I really need to stop doing that. I keep giving TED Talks, but I just... <laughs> <laughs> God's putting so much on my heart, and I'm like, this is great. Wisdom, 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 baby. I mean, I'm not complaining. Well, it's because it's good yeah. stuff. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, I I can't even uh, I can't even speak into it like enough how amazing it is to have spiritually mature people over you that can pour into your life. And yeah. I mean. There's, there, we talked about it earlier. We said it earlier on in the podcast. There might be different ways that God provides you with the wisdom that you're asking for. And it could very well come through a spiritually mature. Actually, I would argue that a lot of times it comes through a spiritually mature person in your life. Um, so why not open that avenue, open that opportunity for God to teach you wisdom through someone else? So uh, I also know that it is vitally important to make your own disciples. I think this is one that's like, Everybody thinks they need someone to disciple them. Okay, that's great. But for everyone to have someone that disciples them, there needs to be someone that makes the step to actually disciple someone else. Because you're going to run out of disciples if you know, you're only going upward and there's no going downward. There's no discipling underneath you. And that's just actually, <laughs> what? That's just selfish. Like, No, it is. It yeah. is. But it's a good starting point because I, I, think, I think it helps for you to have someone discipling you before you start discipling mm -hmm. others. I think that's that's a good way to start. Um, I obviously I don't have no idea where you're at in life, but um, we want to make sure that we complete both sides of that coin. So, I, I mean, I was talking with um, some of the men in my small group in this past weekend on the men's retreat, and that's something that I shared was, uh, yeah, there are younger guys that that I know look up to me, and that I try to really be careful with my words and my actions around them because I want them to. Uh, follow me as I follow Christ is something like Paul said, mm -hmm. and not not for any of the purposes of following me. I am I want me to be the lowest on the totem pole. I don't want me to be any of any importance there, but I want them to see that there are other men out there that are trying to live their life for Christ, that are trying to set an example for Christ, and to see how um, how much of a blessing it is to live that kind of life, and to be at peace with the Lord in that. Because I think, oh man, peace is something that if you want to get on another topic, man, let's talk about peace. Peace is amazing. And when you are living the right life for the Lord, the life that we are called to, the peace in that, that we get to step into, it's something that is not of this world. I'll say it that way. It's not of this world. So uh, I, I, but I shared with my small group, I was like, I don't have any specific young men that I have a labeled disciple relationship with. Not that it's all about labeling it as a disciple relationship. And I, and I shared with him that that's something that I'm currently praying for. And I know that the Lord has called us to that. So I also know because of that, he's going to bring it along eventually. Now, whatever it is, it might be that I'm not ready for that yet. I hope I would be, but it might not be that the person I'm supposed to disciple is ready for that either. So I'm going to trust in the Lord that that's going to be something that he's going to bring in his own timing. But also... Not be afraid to step out and ask and look for opportunities because we don't want to pray for something but not be willing to do anything about it. Yeah. So we'll see what the Lord does with that. But Christian, I appreciate you saying it. And I'm sorry for, again, bringing up another topic that we could talk about. <laughs> but if, no, that's great. And discipleship, sorry, Max. One, one more thing. It's like literally 10 seconds. I doubt it. <laughs> <laughs> I, said, I doubt it. Three, two, one. Discipleship is one of those things that Jesus commands us to do. So if you ask for it, he's going to answer that promise. He's going to fulfill that prayer. Wow. 
Um, oh, he did it in six <laughs> seconds. Wow. Seconds, baby. <laughs> it's good. rare, but it happens every now and then. good. <laughs> I never thought I'd see that. <laughs> I, always, I always remember that at Battalion, they asked us to... Um, <laughs> oh, this is so bad. They asked us to like define our christian faith and walk in like five words and i tried it and i did it like 55 words someone counted what it was <laughs> i was like that is so embarrassing that's like <laughs> oh whatever it almost in five sentences <laughs> yeah no yeah literally it was bad like i, I literally just droned on and everybody's just cracking up because i had like gone way over the limit yeah but to bring it full circle you know peace and wisdom they all come from god um Ultimately, he's our source of um, of wisdom, of peace, of all things good. Later in the chapter, it says that every good and perfect gift comes from God. Um, and, you know, to, to wrap it all up, wisdom comes from God. Peace from comes from God. And these things are beyond anything that we can understand, anything we can describe, because... We know that it's God. It's some supernatural and amazing, beautiful thing that God um, has blessed us with. Um, and so what a joy it is to trust in God. And again, it just humbles us to to know that God is where we um, learn. God is where we gain wisdom. God is where we gain peace. And when we seek him, um, he is faithful and in answering us and um, providing for us. And so uh, we need to remember not to look to ourselves in these things, but trust that that God will continue to guide us because he wants what's best for us. And he doesn't answer prayers that aren't good for us. Um, and so while it may not seem beautiful or amazing at the moment, and like Jonathan said, you know, you may gain wisdom through some pretty crappy situations, you look back and you're like, wow, God really used this um, for my glory or for not my glory, for his glory and my benefit. Um, we shouldn't get any glory for ourselves, but but only God. Yeah, and that's that's how we want to close this episode, because at the end of the day, guys, this wisdom is one of those things that we should seek, but we should seek nothing more than we seek God. We want to remember Jesus's words in Matthew 6, Matthew 5, somewhere in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus said that if we seek him and his righteousness, all these things would be added unto us. So let's be people who are marked by seeking God. Let's be young men and women who, when people look at us, they say, man, if only I could seek God as well as he or she does. Because at the end of the day, if I could be known for one thing, I would want it to be known for the way that I seeked God. And it's not because of my own glory. I don't want my own glory like Max seems to want. I, I'm just messing with you. Please, no, no, no. I, I repent, I repent. It's not. <laughs> no, no, but in all seriousness, we don't want our own glory. Guys, we want God's glory. And we come to do this podcast every week because we want to help glorify God in any small way that we can. And so our prayer is that anybody who's listening to this podcast, that every week they get something out of it that helps them seek God better that helps them to look more like Christ tomorrow than they did today. So we love you guys. And we are so, so thankful that you come back every single week. Um, we're so glad that you have the wisdom to come seek out good spiritual springs like this podcast is. I know uh, that's, yeah, we, uh, 
basically came in today talk, deciding to talk about wisdom. And then we went off in every different rabbit trail that we possibly could have and talked about wisdom. They were good that. rabbit trails. They were quality yeah. rabbit <laughs> trails. I think they were. I think they were. I think we caught those rabbits. Which yeah. Is <laughs> we're not, no, no. We love rabbits. They're all for good purposes. We're not going to cook them and eat them or anything like that. Oh, I was totally about to make an analogy about how we caught those rabbits and now we're serving up a beautiful meal. <laughs> but <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry to steal your thunder. <laughs> I don't know. If you love animals, then we love rabbits. If you love eating animals, then we love eat. I don't know. We're all <laughs> things to all men. <laughs> Are you pleasing <laughs> all people with that? <laughs> Being selling blocks. I don't know. Oh, whatever. Gosh. Let's, uh, let's close this out on a good note. We love you guys. Thank you guys for coming back. If you want to email us, go for it. Questions at livingvictorypodcast.com. Or if you have some super secret something to email one of us, you can hit us at Max, Jonathan, or Christian at livingvictorypodcast.com. Uh, thank you guys for coming. You guys are great. And as always, love each other and shine your light.